bit different tonight. Uh, just want to come right out and reveal that we are recording the first hour of the show. Now, the reason why, and by the way, it's Ian and Johnny Ray in the studio. Hey, Johnny. Hello, Ian. Uh, the, the reason why, I don't really think I can say. Um, it involves one of our co-hosts, occasional co-hosts. I, I shouldn't even say who. Um, he needs some help with an activist project. There's a contest that's happening. Yeah, and I, we really shouldn't get into detail because he is specifically asked... Uh, well, there I said he, but okay, now you know it's not one of the female co-hosts, but uh, he specifically asked that this not be publicized, really. So it's a very important project. If you were living in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, in this area, and you were an act, a liberty activist, hopefully you would know about this because you'd be involved in, in helping him because it's a big idea that, let's just say, could really help with Bitcoin, in the future, like moving ahead, at least locally, um, helping Bitcoin acceptance. And I, I think it's a very important project. So that's why we're actually not here uh, in the studio when this show, when this particular hour of the show is live, because we're going to be out with that person, helping them with that activism. And it's a bunch of the Free Talk Live co-hosts from this area are helping out with this so there's really like nobody who can do the show live normally we're pretty good about having live shows every single night so we are going to be back at some point here tonight and so we pre- we're pre-recording the first hour of the show just to make sure we have enough time to get back that we don't have to leave this this event that we're all at uh that we don't have to leave early because we don't know when it's going to be over and so anyway, I just wanted to preface you know, what's going on here. So if you hear me give out the phone numbers, it's on complete accident. It's out of uh, total habit. Know, habit. Um, we'll be opening the phones up coming up later on in the show tonight. So we'll let you know when that's, uh, that's available. So, of course, we've got stuff uh, to talk about that we think you'll find interesting. And, of course, if you want to comment, just hold off and then call in a little bit later on when we start doing uh, the live version of the show tonight. And what we're going to start with is a story I've had in show prep for a little bit, a few days now. Uh, it came out of, of the uh, WKYT.com, Bath County, Kentucky, back in late January. Since October of 2015... Amish farmer Samuel Girard has been facing a 12-count federal indictment. The charges against him include conspiracy, distributing misbranded drugs, and threatening a witness. Girard's troubles, you don't hear about this with Amish folks very often, so what's going on? Well, his troubles started back in 2013 when someone reported his products to the state health department in Missouri. Federal judge in Missouri put an injunction in place banning Gerard from making some of his products until he met certain conditions. And part of those conditions were inspections of the property where Gerard made his products, which is where Kentucky comes into play. Gerard makes his products on his family farm, as you might imagine, uh, in Bath County. The farm is home to Gerard and his wife, along with their 12 children and 25 grandchildren. Due to their Amish religious beliefs, no one in the Girard family was able to talk with WKYT on camera, which is interesting. Maybe it's, you know, the camera will steal your soul or something like that. I don't know exactly what Amish people believe when it comes to being on camera, but apparently they can't do it. They did say, however, that they just want to see the leader of their family freed. 
So apparently they can conduct an interview with media. They just can't do it on camera. Yeah, that's curious. I wonder why. Maybe it's because you can be you. The representation of you can be cut up and re-edited to to depict you presenting a view that you don't hold. That certainly could be true. Um, probably not stealing your soul, but you know, you don't kind think? of. No, I don't think so. I mean, these guys are pretty old-fashioned. Yes, however, comma they're not. Um, they are, they understand that the technology exists out there. They're true. They're, they're not, um, but they're kind of anti-technology African tribes people. Well, they're the closest that the United States has to it. I mean, they, the Amish people reject, uh, forms of technology. Now there's different sects, I guess, where, and I'm, I know I I should know this better because there's a, a large, uh, Mennonite community in Sarasota, Florida, where I grew up. Um, I know that there are some of them that accept some level of technology. They'll use phones and they'll use electricity, but some are like the old order Amish who, you know, you can't even have like a washing machine. You can't have a television. You can't have, uh, electric heat. You can't have those things. And so maybe that extends to the people that, you know, they're doing business. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing. I've always wondered why, what the, how, new tech is is defined by an Amish person because, you know, a butter churn is an amplification of human labor. Um, it's not electrified. True. Uh, electricity maybe is is a requirement. Or- maybe that's the devil. Maybe electricity is the devil and they can't get too close to it. I mean, we shouldn't speculate. We don't know. And uh, we could probably research it, but it's hard to research while you're talking on the on the radio. So, uh, of course, later on tonight, you can call in and share your you thoughts us. Uh, about this. Of course, if you're an active Old Order Amish, you probably can't call in because that would basically be you being interviewed on the radio and unless it's only that they're against being on images yeah so yeah maybe it's okay to conduct a radio interview but again it would require to use a phone or skype to contact us well anyway this guy uh, mr gerard is currently in jail being held in advance of trial and uh, let's see bath county resident Susa moody says i think everybody in the community has heard about it Many in Bath County are confused as one of their own sits in jail. Moody said, quote, I can't even figure out what he's done wrong. They live at the foot of the cross, and the thought of one of them intentionally doing something wrong is outrageous. Another family friend, Sally O, says they're just devastated. I mean, when they brought him out in handcuffs, it was awful. Further, O said uh, regarding one of the products in the indictment, Girard's Chickweed Salve. Is it salve, S-A-L-V-E, or salve? I think it's pronounced salve, but I always pronounce it salve, personally. So she says, its ingredients include rosemary, beeswax, olive oil. Throughout the accusations, says the story at WKYT, the FDA often took up an issue with the labeling of the products. It said chickweed salve up top, then on down, said cures cancer, which for some people it did. But he can't say that, said the friend of the family. So he changed it to say healing chickweed. But they said, no, you can't say healing either. So now it just says original chickweed. So it sounds like he did jump through some of these government hoops. What's going on here is, and I know a lot of people don't believe this. Like this lady said, she was shocked when this guy uh, was taken out in, in handcuffs. But 
the FDA has an enforcement division and they will go into your store or in this case your family farmhouse and they will use violence against you if they find out that uh, you're breaking their ordinance or their their statutes, their rules, their regulations, which basically say that unless you are it's like an F, unless you have FDA approval, you can't say X product does Y. Mm-hmm. You you cannot make any kind of health claim about something, even if you truly believe that it does that thing, even if you've seen evidence personally, or at least what you believe to be evidence of people being healed, people being cured, people having maladies uh, remedied by whatever this product is that you've created or that, that you're selling, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All of the you know personal evidence, the uh, case studies, the anecdotes, none of that matter. And, and it also, you know, buyer beware doesn't matter either. You know, the, uh, we are libertarians, so we believe that the FDA shouldn't exist, that, uh-huh. that there should be a market uh, with competition and people should be able to make claims, but they need to back those claims up with with evidence. Um, if customers want to know more, they should provide that evidence. But ultimately, the buyer should be the one making the decision here, not the government. And this is yet another story of tragedy about a family's life being torn apart because this man believes in his product. Now, I want to continue the conversation here about this, and later on tonight we'll open the phones so you can get involved here on Free Talk Live. More about the Amish farmer who's facing federal prison coming up on Free Talk Live. It's a very special episode of Free Talk Live. Ian and Johnny Ray here, uh, but we're actually not doing this particular hour of the show live due to a very uh, interesting activist event that's happening here in in Keene that we pretty much really ought to be at. So we're uh, just going to lay down this first hour, uh, then we'll open the phones up once we get back into the studio physically, and you can comment on any of the stuff we're talking about here at that time. So be patient. Uh, We'll give you the phone numbers when the time comes. Or I might do it on accident just because I'm in such a habit of doing so. Ian and Johnny Ray here uh, do, by the way, want to let you know, of course, about my pillow, which is a great product that I've been using since early 2016. Uh, it really does a, a great job, and the, one of the reasons why is because it's actually designed to fit to the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. Now, uh, you can also wash it. So you put it in your washer, put it in your dryer. Not a problem. You can do that with my pillow. It's designed for it, plus it's designed to last for a decade. Uh, it's got a great warranty on it, and it also has a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if you get my pillow at mypillow.com by using code FTL, like Free Talk Live, you get half off of one pillow or two for the price of one. If you do that and you don't like it for some reason, you just get in touch with them, and then send the pillow back, and they'll send you your purchase price back. Very, very simple, and I think it works great. So go and try yours out at MyPillow.com with code FTL. Get one at half price, two for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com, code FTL. As we continue here with a story out of Bath County, an Amish, Amish, Amish farmer, Bath County, Kentucky. His name is Samuel Girard. He's currently facing a 12-count federal indictment. He has been in a jail cell awaiting uh, uh, federal trial since October of 2013. That's when he was indicted. Excuse me, 2015. 
So he's actually been in jail for a while waiting on this. Uh, it's a terrible, terrifying story that could affect a lot of people who don't even realize it. I mean, the people in this story are caught by surprise. They can't believe that this, what they consider peaceful, uh, kind man has been caught up in all of this. They say he didn't do anything wrong. Well, what the federal government says is that he labeled a product wrong. That's why they think this man should go to prison. Should be locked up. Because he made a label for a product that said it heals or cures cancer. He then changed it to say healing chickweed. He then changed that because they said you can't say something heals you unless you get the FDA's approval. He then changed it to original chickweed, but maybe it was too little too late. Let me continue with the story here. So uh, one of the friends of the family says, I mean, do you go to jail because you've messed up a label on a product? I thought you went to jail because you did something bad. I mean, he mislabeled something. I doubt he knew any better. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Sadly, uh, you're right about that. The FDA says Girard also passed out pamphlets touting his product's effectiveness in treating various conditions. It's because of those claims that under the Federal Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act, the FDA says the products are being defined as a drug, even though multiple tests confirm that the products do not contain drugs. The FDA requires anyone who manufactures a defined drug to register their facility with them, and the Girard family farm is not registered. Ms. O, one of the neighbors and friends, says Sam has made this product for over 20 years, and he has never hurt anyone, unquote. However, the indictment says this is much more than a labeling mistake. The allegations claim the product known as 2-more, M-O-R, hyphen gone, 2-more-gone, which is said to be, quote, very good at removing tumors, unquote, used a bloodroot plant extract that has a corrosive effect on human skin. Prosecutors pointed out that back in 2013, a federal judge in Missouri banned Gerard from distributing these products until he met certain conditions. And those conditions included allowing the FDA to inspect where he makes the goods. According to the indictment, the FDA says their officers were prevented from conducting an inspection at the farm. You got to hand it to the homage. I do love it when they stand up against the state. It always just warms my heart because they seem to have more cojones than the average American. They're, oh, yeah. They're far more willing to say no to the government, to say it's our right, that this is our freedom, uh, and to stand on whatever their principles are as Amish people. They do tend to go to the mat with them. Yeah, the Amish seem to take God seriously, unlike the, right. the, the bulk of American evangelical Christians who place the American flag above the Bible in most cases. Yep, yep exactly. So uh, prosecutors say that, again, he was banned from Missouri. The FDA says they weren't allowed to inspect. They also say Girard continued to sell the products without letting his customers know they were the subject of a court-ordered injunction. Moody, one of the neighbors and family friends, says, I feel like jail is for criminals. He might have done something wrong by the word of the law, but he's a far cry from a criminal. She said, since the 2015 indictment, Gerard, who fired his appointed attorney, is now representing himself, has been trying hard to clear his name. The Amish farmer filed a motion to dismiss the case, citing a lack of due process, lack of standing and lack of jurisdiction. A judge, of course, denied the motion and set a status conference back in August. 
Ms. O says, Sam is a very literal person. This hearing didn't say, hey, Sam, you've got to be here. It just said there's a status hearing in your case, and he thought he doesn't have to show up. It was a mistake on his part, but because he's not an attorney, he just doesn't understand. A warrant was then issued for Gerard's arrest. The Bath County Sheriff wrote a letter to those involved saying he's concerned about the ongoing ruthless and relentless attack against one of his constituents. The letter went on to say Girard was in protective custody of his office. Girard was considered a fugitive for about five months before being arrested at his farm in early January. Okay, I apologize. So I presumed he was arrested when the indictment came down. Uh, Turns out he wasn't. He was arrested just several weeks ago. Uh, He is now in jail without bond, awaiting trial scheduled for late February. O says, it's like a freight train out of control. There's no stopping it. She says she believes the bottom line in all of this is that they are targeting the Amish because they don't threaten, they don't fight back, and they don't like lawyers. The U.S. Attorney's Office is saying that's far from the truth and that their primary and sole concern is protecting potential consumers. You think that's true, Johnny Ray? Do you think they're they're just all about keeping people safe from this bad, bad Amish man's un, unlabeled salves? Fundamentally, no. I think that they're they're there to to just um, get the money, and they do stuff like this to protect the the medical cartel that we have in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the U.S. is 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 a socialist country broadly speaking but especially so in the medical field and um and these companies that uh, collaborate with the government control and the regulatory bodies they don't they they rely on the obstacles and the barriers of entry that the government will put up yep. in order to so that they don't have to compete in a real marketplace now i don't know if the chickweed salve actually cures cancer Uh uh-huh i don't know if it heals anything but i don't care if i'm gonna go and buy something at the store if i'm gonna buy something from amish farmhouse i as a customer it's my responsibility to do the research necessary to you know conduct whatever interviews and and uh, digging digging online to figure out what's the truth or what i believe the truth to be i don't trust the government when it comes to you know determining what is and is not safe these people are killers as far as i'm concerned so we're going to continue here with more free talk live coming up The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is having its 2017 annual convention March 18th from 2 to 9 p.m. at the Holiday Inn in Concord, New Hampshire. The banquet dinner will feature speakers Matt Phillips, president of the Free State Project, and keynote speaker Carla Howell, political director for the National Libertarian Party. Tickets for the convention and banquet are less than $60 and must be purchased before March 1st. Go to lpnh.org slash convention for more information or to buy tickets. That's lpnh.org slash convention. is Free Talk Live, doing a a special hour of the show where we actually can't take your calls because we're not here in the studio. Well, I mean, we are when we're recording this, but we're recording it for a a special reason because we can't be here. We're out supporting one of our fellow activists here in Keene, and and he needs as much support as, as he can get. So we actually are postponing the live version of the show for an hour uh, just to make sure we have enough time to do that. So bear with us. We'll open the phones up a little bit later, and you can comment on this outrageous story 
uh, about an Amish farmer. He is sitting in a jail cell right now awaiting federal trial. His name is Samuel Girard, and he's accused in a 12-count federal indictment of conspiracy and distributing misbranded drugs and threatening a witness. Now, they don't go into the witness threatening allegations here, but... Yeah, that's that's very curious. I wonder if that's trumped up or, or what. Yeah, it doesn't. they don't get into that at all. Um, I, I think that it's outrageous to you and me, um, but otherwise, this gentleman is kind of a soft target for selling a product and making claims that it could cure cancer. Mm-hmm. And and I think most people would um, wouldn't would understand why the law is going after him. But folks, I just want to tell you that the greatest check and balance on somebody committing fraud or selling you a a a bum product mm. is you and all and the rest of and, and your fellow consumers. A a firm cannot succeed in the long run selling crap. They have to sell you something good and and you're the one who uh, they'll go bankrupt if they try if they poison you. Well, now there is the placebo effect, Johnny Ray, which is a very powerful, uh, long-studied effect that, for those that don't know, uh, says that when you believe that something is a cure, when you believe that the pill that the doctor is giving you is going to solve your problem, that in a lot of cases it does. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, you you kind of I don't know if you you're manifesting the cure within yourself because you totally believe in this, even though it's just a sugar pill. Right. That's what the placebo, the classic placebo, is. It's usually in a lot of cases used in double blind studies where they'll give uh, a group of recipients in the study the real chemical, whatever it is they're studying. They'll give another group the placebo. They'll give another group you know nothing or whatever. And there's you know they study how people respond to these different things. But there have been so many studies about the placebo effect that show it really is a powerful thing. And that's why you know giving people uh, a positive mindset about getting over whatever it is their malady is, whether it's cancer or broken limb or whatever we're talking about. Having that positive mindset is very, very helpful. The placebo effect, in my opinion, is proof of that. So it may be that people have had cancer cured after using this man's because they salve. were using his his salve. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that that's possible. But because they, they believed in it, because that they believed that it could heal them, and so therefore it did. I know some people are going to recoil at that s- statement and say, "Well, that's not possible." Well, the placebo effect shouldn't be possible, right? If you believe that chemicals do certain things then you you know you shouldn't believe in the placebo effect but it's been long studied so i guess bringing that up i'm just commenting on the idea that you know for some people it's really just their beliefs and you can't prove necessarily maybe that this salve cures cancer because some people won't believe it right if they're taking this salve and they're skeptical about it then maybe it won't cure cancer. But maybe the people who believe in the salve, it does cure their cancer. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? But is it impossible? I think at worst, I think this, this gentleman and his products are harmless at worst. At worst, Probably they, true, although they, they said claim that the one blood of root, burns. Yeah. The blood root extract was corrosive to human tissue. But, you know, if you're, again, like, hearkening back to what I was just saying, if you're selling a product that's corrosive to, to, to human skin. That's not going to last too long. It's not going to be a popular product. Right. People aren't going to dive. People aren't going <laughs> to apply it until they've melted all of their skin off. 
Yeah, and but in the case of uh, something like a, a cancer cure, which you know is probably not going to melt your skin off, but again, who knows what it what it will or or won't do? But you're right. If something is dangerous, you're going to find out about it relatively quickly, especially now that we can communicate information instantaneously. Unless, of course, you're Amish and you don't use the internet. Uh, but still, you know, the word can get out there. But uh, you know, people who are taking this cancer cure, a lot of people in this circumstance, they're desperate for something. They don't want to try, you know, some people are very, very against the kind of the allopathic medicine, the traditional um, style of medicine where it might be chemotherapy, for instance. There are a lot of people who are just resolutely set against that kind of treatment because it makes it seems to make people sick before they get better. And, you know, sometimes they don't get better. And the success rate is is a fraction of, of a percent. Right. And so some people are looking for anything else. And so if they're if they're desperate then this is going to seem like something that they can try. And why shouldn't people be able to try whatever it is that they want to? I mean, if America is supposed to be a free country, it's not. And this is yet another example. And it's surprising to a lot of people that this man is in uh, prison right now or awaiting a potential prison sentence. It doesn't surprise me because I know about these regulations that control people. But shouldn't people be free to make these decisions for themselves, to take an untested or risky uh, kind of treatment? Because chemotherapy is risky. It's been tested, but it's still risky. I mean, it's it's a nasty thing from what I understand. I hope to never have to uh, have any personal experience with it. I've seen enough people doing it and kind of the uh, the fallout from it on their on their body uh, it's. I can understand why somebody would say, "I don't want that. I'd rather, you know, rub this salve on my skin and hope that uh, that that does the job." Right. Um, I said a moment ago that that chemotherapy was uh, had a a fraction of a fraction success rate, and I would hasten to add that I am not a medical service provider or have had yeah. any training in medicine Me and neither. before I before I find myself on the wrong end of the law I want to to add that that uh, you shouldn't take my advice. Yeah, uh, it's not medical advice. We're just talk show hosts. Um but I wanted to add further that favoring a a regulatory um a, a regulatory regime to monitor your own medical behavior your your medical spending the products you buy having desiring a federal level of oversight to keep you from making mistakes it's a kind of intellectual sloth it's mm, yeah. it's responsible for so much of the socialism in america it for whatever reason people think that if you go to work for the government then you're infallible or you are more likely less likely to make mistakes yeah it's ridiculous i mean we have seen drugs that have been approved by the fda that have gone on to cause problems and then ultimately be recalled so obviously the government is not infallible and from what we've seen the government is prone to error uh the government is likely to screw things up because they don't have the same kind of incentives that the rest of us do in the marketplace. Yeah, and they've got and they've got uh, a lot of special interests in this particular case. Uh, the the U.S. medical industry, the American, right. the, the doctors' association that are interested in protecting themselves Big from pharma. competition. Uh, they're interested in driving up the cost of coming up with some sort of remedy because if this guy, uh, this Amish farmer. 
again, he probably really believes this stuff cures cancer. Uh-huh. I doubt he's a scam artist. I doubt he's do- marketing this product without that belief. But, uh, you know, if he wanted to try to put his product through the FDA's rigorous, you know, trials and all that, there'd be no way he could do it because it would cost like a billion dollars in order to jump through all of their ridiculous hoops mm-hmm. that, that they've put up. And I don't know, can you even do that with a natural remedy? Because they have an approval process for drugs, but I don't know if they'll, if they, I mean, I just don't, I've never done the research. You'd have to hire an attorney to even begin to pour over the, you know, have probably tomes of regulations that, that apply in this particular case. But, uh, you know, if you know more about it, you're welcome to comment on the story a little bit later. We'll, we'll open the phones up here. I, you know, you don't see claims on natural products, probably because it's too expensive, or maybe you just can't even get those things approved in that way. Maybe they only approve what they consider to be drugs, claims about drugs, and that's another protection uh, on the industry. We're going to continue here with more Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We're doing a an hour pre-recorded. Bear with us. The phones are going to open up here in a little bit, and you can comment on this outrageous story, or you can bring up anything you want. That is the point here of Free Talk Live. This outrageous story of a, uh, an Amish farmer who is currently sitting inside a jail cell awaiting trial for 12-count indictment at the federal level for basically selling a product that presumably he believed in. I mean, he's been selling it for 20 years according to family, friends, and neighbors who were shocked to see him taken out of his home last month in handcuffs in front of his family of like a dozen kids and 25 grandchildren. You know, what a scary situation for people to encounter. One of the witnesses was so surprised. She, she was, her response was essentially, well, I thought that jail was only for bad people. This is our friend. This is, you know, our neighbor. He's helpful. He, you know, you need a house built. He's probably going to come over and swing a hammer. This is probably not a, a bad person who in any way is trying to defraud or trying to scam anybody. Look, if you want to take a chickweed salve for your cancer, you should be free to do that. And somebody should be free to make medical claims about their products. There's all kinds of scammy medical-ish products that are offered out there. And many of these products have legal divisions. And I remember watching like, I think it was Penn & Teller's BS years ago on, on the Showtime Network. Great show, by the way. If you've never seen it, you can probably pull up episodes on the internet, but it's it's fantastic. And they were looking at like questionable medical products. And there's no shortage of these things, like uh, foot baths that claim to cure maladies, that like sucking toxins out through your feet and, uh-huh. and all kinds of stuff. No evidence that it does any of those things. But the companies that are manufacturing those products – They're with it enough legally. They've got legal departments who are aware of what the FDA regulations are, and they know how to kind of skirt around them to where the product itself doesn't say that it does something. But if you get an individual out there who has a personal experience, is my understanding, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but it's my understanding that you can give a personal experience. You can say, this is what happened for me. When using the product, you just can't say product X cures Y. Uh. So you can say that I use the chickweed salve and what do you know? 
my cancer cleared up. Because again, correlation is not necessarily causation. Uh-huh. So you can that's one of the ways that they can get around these these regulations is is having people give personal testimonials about the product. There are a lot of sort of alternative medical products that are marketed in this way. Oh yeah, you listen to enough talk radio, you'll hear plenty of weight loss products being hawked. Sure. Uh, colon blasters. Yeah. And um, all sorts of strange and fascinating drugs and devices yeah and i'm not i'm not going to bat for any of them you know i'm not interested in promoting any of those things because i don't know anything about them i don't know what they do i know that some people swear by them how many of the people who are swearing by them are actually scam artists who don't really believe in their product but just want to make a buck off of people who are hurting or Uh who are desperate and how many of them are actual true believers in the product who have had a personal experience that was very miraculous and they want to share that with people? I think there's a mixture of both in any given kind of uh, product that's being marketed as some kind of cure without being marketed as a cure, you know, yep. like bouncing around the legal. Yep, era. and and a, a an out-and-out scam artist can play a role in somebody's recovery or somebody's uh, 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 weight loss, for example, going back to what you said about the placebo effect. Sure. So somebody could be selling snake oil knowing that it doesn't work, and but their marketing is so good. Their ads are so good that it that the people are convinced that it'll work, and, and, they, it, and it works for them. Yeah, right. And so then you get that mixture of true believers working hand-in-hand hand with, you know, with the hucksters. Yeah. Uh, which is, again, none of the government regulations stop this from happening. So my point is that there's, for this one Amish farmer that's sitting in a, a jail cell right now awaiting a trial, 12 counts, uh, including conspiracy, for every one Amish farmer that the federal government is targeting, there are hundreds of businesses out there making questionable claims, uh, product pitchmen making questionable claims, telling stories that may or may not be true. So you still have to buyer beware is the point that I'm making. You, you, there's this government. There's all these regulations. There's the FDA. There's their enforcement squad. They're taking away Amish farmers in handcuffs. Uh, they make it look like they're doing something. They want you to believe in the final quote here from this story uh, at WKYT.com. The U.S. Attorney's Office says that they're just trying to protect people. Quote, in cases like this, our interests are ensuring that drugs that are made available to the public are safe for consumption and ensuring the integrity of the judicial process. So they're just looking out for you, Johnny Ray, and that's their their marketing. They want you to believe in them. They want you to believe that they're out there keeping you safe. But the fact is there are all kinds of questionable things out there. And I would say that a lot of the drugs are questionable as well. Just because oh, yeah. just because some company, uh, some mega corporation has paid billions of dollars to the government and spent, I don't know what, a decade, two decades, I don't know what the process takes on average to get through the FDA's approval process, but it's a long time. It's a lot of money and a long time. But that just because a company has done that doesn't make me feel like they're more honest. It doesn't make me feel like they're doing something necessarily that's on the up and up or that's good. I mean, a lot of these drugs, I question them like, oh, yeah, you got pain. Well, why don't you get on these oxycodones for the rest of your life? That, to me, 
sounds like a really bad plan for somebody's future. We've got here in New Hampshire, we have a, a heroin epidemic. That's true. And the my current thinking is that it has it it is it has come about uh, thanks to big pharma and oxycontin and oxycodone and sure. the the idea that uh, that pain 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 management has become a uh, a part of the medical industry in uh, in a, a way that it was not uh, probably twenty years ago. Yeah, it's, I mean it's legal dope dealing. Yeah, and. And so, so big pharma has created a legion of folks that are that are addicted to, to opiates. Thank you yeah. to opiates, and um, and and now we're seeing kids in in high school yeah. that are hooked on heroin, and it, it's nothing like it's it's something new under the sun for me. It wasn't like that at uh, at Asheville High. I can tell you that back in '95, I don't think anybody was on heroin maybe there were a few but uh, opiates were kind of crazy now i remember that in uh, around the turn of the century opiates were getting pretty big uh so around uh, the year 2000 i remember people were buying them on the black market okay and uh and, and so you combine the idea of the uh, these opiates being legal with also the fact that they're highly regulated and controlled by like the dea so doctors in a lot of cases are afraid to prescribe too much of these opiates so they'll stop somebody at some point and then that person's hooked so that's when they start looking for uh black market options well i can't get anything through the doctor now uh, i've tried doctor shoppings I, i'm not saying i've tried that but not, you know, the fictional person i'm not interested in, in opiates um but people will go doctor shopping they'll go to different doctors and try to get prescriptions but they have like you know the dea has like a reporting system and you know, these doctors have to report in to the centralized bureaucracy about who they're prescribing to and how much. Of, uh-huh. you know. So it's it can be hard in some cases to get these things legally. So they turn to the black market. And yes, you can get uh, oxycodones and hydrocodones on the black market. You're going to pay a pretty penny for them, about a dollar per milligram, I think, is the typical street value. Or at least that's what it was many years ago when uh, one of my roommates was a regular user of these things. He ended up, by the way, beating that habit by using what he called the marijuana maintenance program. But uh, it's you know disturbing addiction that the government makes worse because once the restrictions are in place and you can't get any more, then you go to the black market and that's when you start getting into heroin. That's when you start getting the uh, very a very similar opiate to what you were being prescribed. But the difference is you're buying it through the black market, so you're subject to. Uh, you know the the whims of the black market. Maybe you're going to get some impure product. Maybe it's been cut with various different bad things that you don't know because you're buying it from unscrupulous dealers. Yeah, at every point of sale, it's probably going to get cut a little bit more, that's correct. a little bit more. So very you know disturbing uh, that you know that's what's happening. But again, these opiates come from these drug uh, legitimate drug companies. Are we supposed to believe that just because they're making it that it's safe? Of course not. These are incredibly dangerous addictive products that when people are profoundly addicted to them they change their lives for the worse and all of that's going on right now lives are being destroyed but yet the government wants you to believe that this amish farmer is the problem and they're trying to keep you safe more coming up on free talk live 
We just got our new Rye Guys t-shirts. I chose the Power Corrupts shirt and the I'm Already Against the Next War shirt. These quality shirts look good and feel good, and they feature clever, thought-provoking designs to promote freedom, peace, and healthy skepticism of modern mythologies. The Rye Guys donate a portion of proceeds to Antiwar.com and the Future of Freedom Foundation. Enter coupon code FTL at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's RyeGuys.com, W-R-Y-Guys.com, RyeGuys.com. It's a Rye Wit for today's shit. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You may join us right here. Now you can join us, I guess, because the first hour was a recorded hour, which is something that we very rarely do here on Free Talk Live, although we will be probably doing it coming up when we're live from Anarchapulco in a few days, several days, I guess, from now. Uh, maybe a few. I guess our first night is Saturday night uh, from Anarchapulco. So with you tonight, it's actually Ian. And Daryl. I don't know what happened to Johnny Ray. We we had him in the first hour, and he has disappeared now. Um, so maybe he'll be joining us. Maybe not. I can't raise him on his uh, his phone. I uh, don't think that we should talk about the reason why we weren't here for the first hour of the show. I All I said uh, during well, the first hour... Well, I wasn't hour, here because I had a conference call. Right. Um, but all I said during the, uh, the first hour that uh, Johnny Ray and I had recorded, which, by the way, we talked about uh, the... Uh, the Amish farmer who's currently in a jail cell awaiting a federal trial. So we can touch on that here in a little bit. But all I said was that if you're in the Keene, New Hampshire area and you're a liberty activist, you probably know why we were gone. Um, It's a very interesting project that uh, is in support of one of our fellow co-hosts or former co-hosts on the show um, who does not wish to be identified uh, because of sort of the nature of the project. But it was, I think, a very good turnout tonight and I'm excited for the future of this particular Liberty Project that we can't exactly uh, go over too publicly. So with that, if you want to know more, you'll just have to move to the Cheshire County area uh, as you know, part of the libertarian migration here to New Hampshire. And that's just one more reason. There's already 150 reasons. Exactly. Move.freekeen.com. I don't think that we can add this to that list because it's a little vague. You know, yeah, there's something happening here. You should move to find out what it is. <laughs> right, so it can just be you know another part of the secret of Keen and make that 151. That, that's yeah. reason 151, the secret of Keen. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we can talk about anything. It's open phones as always here on Free Talk Live. The toll free number is eight fifty five four fifty free. Uh, Daryl, you and I went to Concord yet again today. Yes, uh, for week number seven, the beginning of week seven in the Liberty Lobby uh, Liberty Lobby series, which you are the Liberty lobbyist at LibertyLobby.info. Yes. And next week will actually be a break. A break from that, but the, we'll get the, back to work on other things. The legislature is taking a break. Well, I'll be able to get you yeah, know, like a other things full done. Week of my you, you know, can call more radio stations. Job. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, one of the things I saw today was the marijuana hearing. So yet another legalization bill has made its way forward here in New Hampshire. Which good? They've had some level of success in the past at the uh, the state house level. This one is a Senate bill. And I don't recall, did, didn't the Senate kill legalization the last time it was in front of them by yes. like one one or two votes or something like that? Yes, they, uh, 
I think they actually wound up doing a motion to table because they realized it was not going to pass because it got watered down so poorly. Well, plus the governor at that time had pledged to veto it. Correct. Correctly. So they she knew it did. wasn't going to go anywhere. But so. you know, it started off as going through the house as you're allowed to have up to one ounce. And then, you know, there's a penalty, but it's not a criminal penalty. It's a civil penalty. So that's how we call it. Decriminalization. Ha ha ha. And then it came out of the house at, I believe, half an ounce. And then the Senate amended down to, I believe, a quarter of an ounce, Mm. which is not a lot, especially. And I'm more interested in sort of the unseen aspect that a lot of people don't realize. If I have a brownie that has four milligrams of THC, they don't calculate... Ah, oh, this only right. has four milligrams, so that's, that's not times a lot, right? Four ounce, milligrams. That's not a lot, not a lot at yeah. all. And they'll weigh the brownie. Oh, this is a four ounce brownie or a one right. ounce brownie. And they'll brownie. treat that brownie as though it were four ounces of pot. Correct. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, so this one, this bill today, was a proposal to legalize possession of up to an ounce for people over the age of 21. It would also legalize possession of up to five grams of hashish. And it uh, would make it illegal still to consume it in public, to smoke it in public. The bill doesn't say you can't vape it uh, in public or consume an edible in public. So it's only the smoking it uh, in public that's forbidden by the bill. Interesting. I know in Colorado they specifically say consumption Mm, is prohibited. And I promptly violated that when I was in Denver (laughs) last year after I walked into a cannabis dispensary and bought... A couple of gummies, some brownies, and a cannabis-infused drink. I You ate those in, in the street? No, I didn't no? eat all of them. I cracked open the drink and took a swig. I see. Um, On the sidewalk. So, you know, it would obviously still make it illegal to drive while uh, impaired in some way. Yes. And, of course, the prohibitionists came out, only a couple of them. There was uh, one person from the state police, one person from a group called New Futures, which is a prohibitionist group. And uh, and then there was somebody else who I'm not really recalling right now. Uh, but not very many people speaking against the bill. Overwhelmingly, people were speaking in favor of it. And uh, I, I don't know if it has any chance of going through. I've heard that the new governor in New Hampshire is better on the issue of cannabis in that he might support decrim but not legalization so i don't expect this is going to really go anywhere and the real problem with a bill is it doesn't take effect until the year 2020 which is ridiculous i mean so i i'm actually looking up the wording here and it does say that public smoking is prohibited that's correct and it gives a penalty hundred consuming in a moving vehicle is prohibited correct uh, no person shall consume marijuana while operating or driving, but it does Doesn't not say the passengers say can. That the passengers. That's right. Now, uh, yeah. So I mean, I think it's overall it's a good bill because it is a legalization bill, and you know anything's better than prohibition as far as that's concerned. It's got some minor problems. I spoke against those minor problems. The major problem being the date of effectiveness. I mean to. To take the time to pass something like this shows that you, at the very least, are concerned with some level of reform of this crazy war on drugs and stopping arresting peaceful people. And so, of course, I explained to 
these folks that uh, even if this bill gets passed, the the cops are going to enforce marijuana prohibition until the last possible minute. They are going to go out there. It doesn't matter that the legislature has, let's say it passes and the governor signs it. It doesn't matter that the entirety of the legislative and executive process to pass bills has been in favor of this bill. They will still go out for the next three years and they will arrest people because they can. Oh, Ian, you underestimate the cops. They'll wind up enforcing the prohibition even after this takes effect because one of the cops isn't going to realize it took effect. Yeah, that's that's probably true as well. I mean, we certainly saw that happen in California after 1996 when they passed their medical marijuana law. It took years for all of the police departments and sheriffs to fully stop enforcing marijuana prohibition on sick people. So, yeah, I, I think you're probably right about that. But I didn't say that to the uh, the, le- the legislators. Right. So anyway, that video is going to be coming out, and it's mostly the full hearing. I've got it actually encoding in the background right now, so keep your eyes on the Free Keen YouTube channel for that. If you want to comment on whether it's legalization or this Amish farmer, who we spent the the whole first hour of the show, Johnny Gray and I spent talking about this. Uh, Just a recap for those of you just tuning in, if you want to comment, uh, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. Amish farmer facing years in federal prison over a salve that he has been making for 20 years that at one point the packaging for the salve said that it would cure cancer or heal cancer. He ended up having to uh, change that packaging because, well, the government doesn't like it when you make medical claims without having asked them for permission first. Right. So the FDA... Even if it's something that people have known for centuries centuries, of oranges prevent scurvy water cures dehydration i don't even know if it's legal for you to say those things on the air daryl just because the fda is so maybe it's because you're not selling anything but the fda is so uh up people's butts about this right but people have known these things for centuries and that's my point of if i use that as a tagline on a bottle of water cures dehydration (laughs) you mr perry are making a medical claim yep you can't do that. You got to pay them a billion dollars before you can uh, make a medical claim. Toll free number here, 855 450 free. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll free. Join us right here. Our number is 855 450 free. We got a crazy update coming from the Philippines on death squads that uh, may have existed in the past and may be back together with the new president down maybe there. Maybe they never went away. Right. Uh, Rodrigo Duterte, who's been called the Trump of the Philippines, except much worse. We'll get into that. Can yeah. we just start referring to Trump as the Duterte of, of America? America? <laughs> or does well, he have to, you know, like actually wind up uh, having people slain on American soil first? Well, I think that would definitely qualify him very quickly uh, to be the Duterte of America. I mean, he's not as... Uh, as much of a bad boy as Duterte is, it doesn't seem. At least no one knows how uh, bad Trump is. I mean, we know that he's got to be, to some extent, bad because he's a politician and right. the president of the United States. Uh, but this Duterte guy is a whole lot more loose with uh, with his mouth. He'll say things that are incredibly outrageous, and apparently he'll order the deaths of uh, people he doesn't like, like drug dealers in the philippines we were talking about legalization of cannabis you can join us here also our skype username is lrn.fm so feel free to reach out to us there 
And also, I do want to let you know about HostGator. If you are thinking about putting up a website, maybe a blog, for instance, or a site for your business, then now's a good time to do it by going to HostGator.com slash FTL to get 50% off of their regular prices. They're one of the top web hosting companies out there with a 99.99% uptime rating and 24-7 over-the-phone or live chat tech support and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into your hands. Add to that a simple one-click, easy installation for WordPress, and it's easy to get started with HostGator. You don't have to be intimidated by the process. Once again, go to HostGator.com slash FTL. That's slash FTL like Free Talk Live for 50% off Five zero fifty percent off their regular hosting prices. Hostgator.com slash FTL to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. I'm a little bit off topic. Uh, you know, I just want to talk. You usually about are, but it's okay. It's open phones every night here on Free Talk Live. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Yes. No, our Albuquerque uh, Rapid Transit. You know, the ART is actually now twenty percent complete. And I'm proud to say that the two buses will be completely electric. It will not have ga- uh, natural gas or, um, you know, diesel combinations. Now, where so do you think that, the electricity comes from? Do you know? Um, you know, more than likely solar panels. We, we're probably going to get electricity from the sun that we get every, elsewhere. Um, cause I see and the what are the solar from- panels made out of? I really do not know. All I know is that they're on top of people's roofs. Um, they're just everywhere, top of rail runner station roofs. And, and what are the so batteries that go inside of electric cars made out of? Where do those come well, from? Well, they go in the solar panels as well. The solar panels hook up to batteries. Right, but yeah. what are the batteries well, made out of? I do not know. I don't know. What, I don't know. Are you driving at a point here, Daryl? Yeah, the point is that extracting the material, and I forget what it is off the top of my head, but extracting that material takes a lot of big, giant, heavy equipment mm. that uses gasoline, gas, and oil, and other petroleum yeah. products. And a lot of power that is on the power grid isn't generated by solar. The majority of it, unless you know Albuquerque's really different uh, than most places, the majority of it is not generated through sort of these renewable uh, resources, if Correct. you will. So I don't know how well, the Albuquerque that, Power Company gets their power, but I'm almost going to guarantee you it's not more than 5% well, solar. Ian, remember we covered the story about the place in, uh, was it Port Angeles, Washington, where they put up <laughs> yeah. these big giant wind turbines that they've still not actually turned on, but once they do, it's only going to generate 25 cents worth of the electricity? Well, I wouldn't call them giant. I mean, we saw the pictures. They weren't giant. They were turbines that were maybe okay, eight feet 15. up in the air 10 feet in the air then they weren't very high up but the thing was they were very expensive yes. uh, i mean for the price that they paid they should have had some giant wind turbines but uh, they didn't they had these like piddly little things that looked more like decorations than anything else because i can't imagine that unless there's some really high winds at about ground level in that place uh, that they were going to really do much of anything. And they were only supposed to power LED lights, so they really shouldn't have had to have generated much power at all, and turns out they weren't. But regardless, Sarah, the point is that you know there's nothing wrong with renewable resources and uh, wind power and solar power. I, I'm fully in favor of people using alternatives like that. It's just that uh, there's usually something 
that's not what you expect with these projects. And I suspect that, uh, you know, it comes to the electricity that's being used to run the, the trolley or whatever this thing is, this art thing, this federal government-funded, taxpayer-funded project that's tearing up Route 66 in Albuquerque, uh, that it's likely not solar power that's that's going to be running that. Just saying. Well, the thing about it is you're that speculating, there's right? no petroleum. I just want to say that it's, yeah. uh, when when I ride that, when we all ride the rap, um, the rapid transit, we are boycotting the petroleum oil companies. There's a less need to be uh, putting in pipelines all over the place. You know what I mean? So no, like it's not really. I mean, I guess I could see how you would argue that it's a boycott, but no, it's not really a boycott unless you are specifically like making noise. I think about doing something. Can you have a silent but boycott? I, I, I guess you well, can, but nobody really knows that you're having a boycott, right. so therefore it's not really effective. Plus, but you weren't even, buying their products before either, but, but Sarah. Even even so, if you're you know taking the bus to go buy things from stores that are delivered via trucks, then you're not really boycotting petroleum. You're just, you know, using less of it yourself. Boycotting petroleum would mean that you would only buy products that are completely uh, manufactured 100% in your community and nobody used a car to go to the feed store to buy the corn to, you know, wind up you know, feeding the hogs or planting any seed. Nobody can, you know, use a car at all in the manufacture of the product if you want to completely boycott petroleum. Well, what I'm saying is that our city has made a statement. We have a complete electric um, transit, public transit, so all the tourists, the new business people, all the new college students will be participating in a non-petroleum way of transportation now if you, you want know? to go all the way sarah with this petroleum boycott you're going to have to cut out plastics from your life you do understand that right well you know what i recycle by the way i re- recycle my plastic bags i recycle all the plastic i have a recycle you know that, down uh, here. You, now that. how do you feel about natural gas or, you know what? I, I don't know what I don't know what it's about because um, our buses are powered by it. I don't. I really don't know what, whether it's part of the petroleum product or it's how not, it's attracted. It's not. I mean, it's a little bit so, different from. from but it's still a fossil but, fuel. Yeah. But I bring it up because uh, petroleum isn't, according to ELA.gov in a Google search. Because I remember that plastic was a byproduct of petroleum production, or at least a portion of it. And although crude oil is a source of raw material for making plastics, it is not the major feedstock for plastics production in the United States. Plastics are produced also from natural gas, as well as feedstocks derived from natural gas processing. So make sure you cut out all the plastics from your life if you want to go all the way with your boycott. I use it, but I recycle it. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. Plus, if you weren't buying their product in the first place, it's not really a boycott. Ross Ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous Silk Road Underground Market. The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance, and he needs your support. Please visit FreeRoss.org, where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit FreeRoss.org. That's FreeRoss.org.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. Tonight, with you in the studio, it's Ian. And Daryl. With his mouth full. Obviously, I'm sorry, I wasn't even paying attention. I was looking over here. Didn't mean to put you uh, on the spot. How's that no jerk? Worries. How's that jerky? Great. Yeah. Jack Link's brand. There you go. Jack got a free plug out of that one. All right. Chicken jerky. Chicken. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, and also from Save It Purse or no? Yes. Okay. Save yes, It Purse. It was. So you spent what on that? I don't remember because 23% I, off though, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think I did the instant buy oh. on this because it's one of those uh, purse, the, the uh, prime. prime only pricing. I see. So you got There's a special deal. You got a special deal. And I bought some other uh, health food things that I put mm-hmm. in my smoothies and threw in like four of these because they won't let you get more than like four or five of them for right. some weird reason. And so you got 5% off in addition yes. to the deal of it being the prime add-on yes. special bonus offer thing. So very cool. And you can go and get to uh, get your deals over at Amazon. Get 20% off, 25% off. It's possible. I do it all the time at saveitpurse.com. Saveatpurse.com. You do have to have Bitcoin in order to make it possible or one of the other competitors to Bitcoin, like one of the more popular altcoins, as they call them. And then you can get huge savings at Amazon. Or if you're in a hurry or you want to get one of those special Prime-only discounts, then you can use their Purse Instant deal, which gets you 5% on top of that. And earlier uh, this afternoon or late afternoon, early evening, I stopped into Target to buy a couple of items. Yeah. And the five dollar bill that I handed to the cashier was stamped with your Bitcoin stamp, right? That you put on all of the money. And she looked at it and she says, "I've never seen this stamp before." Really? And I said, "Oh, is that the Bitcoin stamp?" She said, "Yeah." And so then I was asking, "Do you buy stuff online?" She's like, "Sometimes." You ever buy anything from Amazon? Yeah. How uh, would you like to save like twenty percent when you buy things? She probably just violated Target's uh, terms of service by admitting that she doesn't shop at Target exclusively. But, I don't know. Yeah, very cool, man. I, I, I always you know, wonder how effective the stamping is. I mean, I, I do a lot of stamping. It's one of my you know, more time-consuming forms of activism. Uh, but yeah, you never know. You never get feedback directly from people about it. Very because, rarely. Yeah, because it goes... You know, every now and then, somebody will look at it. Right. Oh, hey, what's, what's this? Yeah, what's Bitcoin? Uh, so anyway, let's go back to your calls and thoughts here. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Stephen in Washington State listening online via the LRN.FM app. Go ahead, Stephen. Hey, guys. Um, hey. I just wanted to comment on something that's been, been bugging me since I went and visited you guys uh, during uh, visited New Hampshire uh, during the Liberty Forum here uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I was over there, and I, I met up with some, some of the libertarians, the liberty-loving folks, and uh, yeah. I... I, I checked out the Quill, and the uh, you guys sort of got a private library over there, and it's pretty cool. Um, but I didn't see any any books on objectivism. Um, hmm. I thought that was very odd because uh, the two are the libertarianism and objectivism are very closely linked. Uh, and in fact, libertarianism kind of formed out of the objectivist movement. Uh, I disagree with that. There there are a lot of libertarians that found libertarianism because of objectivism. I mean, these ideas go back before Ayn Rand. Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah, but they weren't weren't called that. It wasn't called libertarianism. 
true. Okay. So well, there was not a libertarian that. party until the nineteen early nineteen seventies. Right. But Ayn Rand was not a fan of the Libertarian Party. Ayn Rand was not really a fan of people that called themselves libertarians, as I understand it. Oh, that sounds about right. I mean, well, the, the, well, the one prominent person I was thinking of was Nathaniel Brandon. Uh, he was Ayn Rand's protege and a uh, big-time objectivist who uh, became a libertarian. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I mean, not, not all of them converted, obviously. It just seemed like the overall, it seemed like the two were very closely related. And and yet, I don't hear many people, when they're talking about libertarianism, they don't mention objectivism. And uh, it, I'm just wondering why. What's I don't honestly know how many people in the liberty movement in New Hampshire would also describe themselves as objectivists. I know there are some of them. I've, uh, I know uh, Aaron Day, for instance, I think is, is one of them. I, I know that there's the Atlas Society. Right. Isn't he involved in that? I he he yeah. is, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know what private library you're talking about. He's so talking about I can't Quill, weigh it, which is a private club for libertarians, yes. right? And so, like, I I have no clue what's in their library, so I can't speak to it. I mean, I take his word for it that there was no objectivist books. I mean, that just means that you right, need to but donate. His question some question was like. Why aren't there? Right. And I don't. I don't know what they have in their library. Maybe the so objectivists are too selfish, why. or maybe. maybe all of those books got checked out. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Uh, look, I, but as far as I'm, as far as I can tell, it's never a conversation that almost almost never a conversation that comes up around any kind of social event that that I've ever seen. Like you know, there's not anybody here pushing objectivism in any Lauren way. Lauren Rumpler for a while was she was when she called herself objectivist, objectivist girl. girl. That's true. And she was on she our show. Dropped that moniker. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I can okay. think of a, okay. I can think of a couple of people, and I'm sure there's more that I don't know about. Um, but yeah, the the Atlas Society would probably be a good place to start. You probably want to specifically look to objectivist groups in order to find the objectivists. I just don't think that objectivism is in any way a priority for most of the people who are doing activism up here. I think that they're you know working within the system. There are a lot of people doing that, for instance. You know, working at the at the state house, running for political office, working on uh, town budget committees, running for local office. Um, and there's a, you know obviously media efforts and things like that that are happening here, but uh, yeah beyond the Atlas Society doing some outreach here and there, I, I don't think there's really much. So you could always come here and do that, right? So uh, that, yeah, that kind of answers my question. I mean, yeah, maybe that maybe it's because objectivism and objectivists they um, they're not activists for the most part. They're not they're not trying to change laws. So maybe that's the biggest reason. Um, could yeah, be. That's interesting. It, it's just odd, yeah. It's just odd to me that there, you know, there's not more interaction between the two because, you know, libertarianism obviously the core of it is the non-aggression principle, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's good. Um, but objectivism is kind of it goes a little bit farther and describes. So what is it? Uh, yeah, for listeners that don't know, what is objectivism? How do you uh, define that? Well, so let me define it um, for a second by playing devil's advocate. So uh, the non-aggression principle, right? It's like a it's uh, an objective moral standard that, that applies to all people, regardless of culture. It says it is morally wrong to initiate force against someone. Um, so uh, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I might say, how dare you uh, try to tell other cultures uh, how to do things um, when they have their own way of doing things uh, and their own standards and their own morals? How dare you try to tell someone, that uh, tell them what's right and what's wrong? Um, so objectivism answers that question um, by 
by basically because it, objectivism fundamentally is the belief structure that uh, that there are moral standards that are inherent to all all life and, and in all intelligent life, regardless of culture or race or creed, um, and that those moral standards are right because uh, because they promote life. Um, so, like, so instance, don't kill. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because, well, well, don't don't uh, don't kill offensively. Don't mm-hmm. you know, don't don't initiate. Don't 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 perform murder. Yeah. Um, and that's that's objective. That's a it's a moral standard. That's it's not relative. Um, and uh, and you know, basically, basically, because you. If people run or not do that all day, you can't have a civilization. If you can't have a civilization, then you can't have... Well, what would uh, be an issue where people would disagree? Because, I mean, most people who aren't psychopaths would agree, well, yeah, of course you don't murder somebody. But, like, what would be an issue where, you know, somebody who's an objectivist would say, this is objectively true, but other people might say, no, it's not. What, what would be an issue like that, if you can think of one? Like, where's um, the controversy? Well, Obviously, murder is not uh, controversial. Taxes uh, is a gasoline tax objectively good or objectively bad, or does it depend on how large the tax is? Well, here's where I think we, the objectivists and libertarians would agree: is just that it, uh, uh, tax is, is is it's not voluntary, so it's uh, it's counter to life uh, because the long run, in the grand scheme of things, you, you can't have a system of. of, of happy people, happy, prosperous people in which one group is demanding Hold uh, that thought, Stephen. We can continue here in moments. It is Free Talk Live. What is objectivism? This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. You can take control of these airwaves. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. 855-450-FREE is our number. We've got Skype as well, so Skype on in here at username lrn.fm. We're talking with Stephen in Washington, listening on the lrn.fm app, and specifically regarding uh, Ayn Rand's objectivism. What is it? Uh, I know we've had this conversation before, but I never retain the information for whatever reason. So, and plus, our listeners are—you know—we're always getting new listeners, so it's always important to kind of cover the bases on this stuff as we continue yes. the conversation. We'll do that. Uh, you can also bring up what you want eight fifty five four fifty free. Plus, if you support Free Talk Live and you want to get behind the show, then please join the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Uh, whether you are an objectivist or a subjectivist, which I presume would be the uh, the counter to the objectivist, then probably, you know, as long as you care about liberty, that's all we care about. If you support freedom, then you should get behind the show as an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. That's AMP amp.freetalklive.com. It's five bucks a month. That's, you know, the price of a fancy cup of coffee. If, if our show is worth that to you, we'd appreciate the support. It helps us get on new radio stations around the country. We're going to have a big station in Louisiana to, to announce this weekend. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, you can join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. Get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, the AMP-only Facebook group, and more. Get the details, get signed up with any major credit card, Visa, MasterCard, as well as American Express and Bitcoin. You can do that, too, over at AMP, amp.freetalklive.com. So, Stephen, uh, I'd asked you to take a crack at uh, defining objectivism. You sound like a, a pretty big fan. You were visiting New Hampshire, uh, which, of course, is the destination for liberty-minded people. 
you met a bunch right. of folks. You went to a private club that is a fairly popular club called the Quill, uh, and you were surprised when you didn't see uh, at least they didn't pop out at you if there were any any objectivist books on the bookshelf there. And uh, you know you were kind of surprised by that. And so what I was saying essentially was that you know this is the biggest libertarian migration that there is. So I'm sure there are some objectivists among the people in this movement, but I don't know who they all are. I presume they have some sort of meetings, but I've never been interested in, you know, finding out about that because there's just so much going on here for people who are just libertarians. You don't have to subscribe to this objectivist philosophy to be a libertarian. The uh, According to Wikipedia, and Daryl, you pulled up the objectivist website for... Uh, the Atlas Society has... A question, what is objectivism? And they have an answer let's, from Ayn Rand. Let's compare here. So uh, Wikipedia says that objectivism is uh, – central tenets are that reality exists independently of consciousness, that human beings yep. have – I'm already not an objectivist because I don't have any beliefs about what reality is. Uh, but going on, that human beings have direct contact with reality through sense perception <laughs> – that one you can, also don't agree there because you don't think that we have any connection to reality. Well, I mean, because reality isn't real. Well, no, you can't prove that reality is uh, is real, and and also there's the possibility that it's generated from your consciousness rather than your consciousness being you know sort of in reality. And I forget what the word is for that. I saw one. I saw that word recently, and I don't remember it. There, there's an actual like more sciency sounding word to describe the reality oh, that there's comes definitely from consciousness. a german word to yeah. describe whatever you're doing the germans have an amazing language that there's a german word that literally translates to grief bacon do you know it i always forget what the word is <laughs> i just remember that it exists and it literally translates into english as grief bacon. Yeah, it sounds like something's being lost in uh, in transa- uh, translation there but- it, it, it is used to describe uh, weight that is gained due to stress. So the other tenets here that human beings have direct contact with reality through sense perception that one can attain can attain objective knowledge from perception through the process of concept formation and inductive logic that the proper moral purpose of one's life is the pursuit of one's own happiness that is rational self-interest. Kummerspeck yep. is the German word. And that the only social system consistent with this morality is one that displays full respect for individual rights embodied in laissez-faire capitalism, and that the role of art in human life is to transform humans' metaphysical ideas by selective reproduction of reality into a physical form. And there you go. So the short answer from the Atlas Society, quote from Ayn Rand, my philosophy, in essence, is the concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life, with productive achievement as his noblest activity and reason as his only absolute. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. That perfectly defines it. It's, uh, yeah, atheism is built into it, and, and, uh, and rational egoism is built into it. Um, but, uh, but also, yes. The, well, no uh, wonder it hasn't caught I, on. I, I, <laughs> Now, there are some people in New Hampshire specifically, because that's the only place that I've ever actually met somebody that calls themselves an objectivist, Mm. is there are some people that they think that their personal preferences are the only thing that make any rational sense. 
So hmm. no, I don't like no. football, so therefore you shouldn't like football because objectivism and there are objective truths. That is, and if I don't like it, you shouldn't ridiculous. like it. Yeah, that's exactly opposite, the opposite of what objectivism is. It's they're, they're, your preferences or even your, your what you call your morals are not absolute. They, there, are, there are morals that are beyond people and beyond opinion. They are... They just are. Uh, they are. They are pro-life. Um, and so to, to, to put out your opinions or your own ideas of right or wrong, the little ones as as just absolute. It's ridiculous. It, it's defined by the nature of life, not by a person. Stephen, thanks for your call tonight, man. Appreciate the discussion. And you know, if, if you don't feel like there's enough objectivism out here, then you should start a group and start promoting it and start uh, you know inviting more objectivists to move to New Hampshire. But I bet you there's a bunch of them here. These I just don't know who they are. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate I it. Uh, and you know, there's also forums and things like that here. There's uh, Facebook groups with a bunch of libertarians in them. There's the Shire Society forums at uh, forum.shiresociety.com. You might want to post over there and see if anybody pipes up. Uh, because you know we're just two of the two thousand plus people that have right. moved here, and then there's thousands more who are you know very friendly, liberty friendly New Hampshire natives. So let's go to Eva, listening in Minnesota to WNMT. Hey, Eva. Hi. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Yeah. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. Well, first, the word you were looking for, where you believe you have no ties with reality, is called idealism. <laughs> Uh, the external world existing only in your mind. No, that wasn't oh, the one okay. I was looking for, but uh, thank you for, right. well, for providing me. <laughs> okay. But what I wanted to talk about um, is the Department of Homeland Security today uh, hmm. putting out new guidelines for deportation and stuff. Oh, no. And and um, saying that basically now they can round up illegal or illegal immigrants um, if they have a criminal record. Now... Oh. I struggle with the whole deportation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the want to keep our country safe, but there's got to be a better way to do it because it seems like a violation of human rights to me yeah. to round people up and send them out of the country. And if they are legal immigrants, I, I, I'm not sure what that means, but I'm guessing that means they're probably a naturalized U.S. citizen. And if that's the case, it's in violation of the Fourth Amendment, which is that people have the right to be secure in their persons mm. from unreasonable seizures and searches. And well, that protection applies to everybody in the United States, whether they're a you know citizen or not. And it should, yeah. There's a very long process for becoming a citizen once you do wind up getting that permanent uh, resident card, also called yeah. the green card. And you can be in the country legally without having a green card. You can be in the country legally without, you know, having citizenship or even going through the citizenship process. But one of the problems is there are just so many laws to where it's been speculated that it would take, I I think it was uh, 25,000 years to read all of the federal laws. And also because there are so many of them, it's also been speculated that everybody commits three felonies, not just violates three laws a day, but everybody inadvertently commits three felonies a day. Right. But I was going to say it, too, um, you know, to have a criminal record. So couldn't you basically have a reckless driving or a a DUI or anything? Would would that go on your criminal record? Because if that's the case, possibly depends on the state. Anybody. Depends on the state. Well, in in Minnesota, then 
yeah, you, you would you would be rounding up anybody who ever had a DUI or had a reckless driving. And I saw a statistic not too long ago that said 23, I I think it was 23% of American adults have a criminal record. Yeah, these people who support rounding people up are going to be sorry because the violent state that they're going to have to uh, expand and create in order to have that become a reality, uh, these mass deportations, can then be used against them. If you've got more to uh, to say, stand by. We can continue to continue with immigration. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an an effort to move 20,000 people who understand it's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial on in toll-free here, take control of the airwaves, bring up anything you want with you tonight. It's Ian and Daryl. As we launch into the third hour of this version of the show, we're open phones as always. You can join us also on Skype. Skype username is lrn.fm. So I was able to find the word that I was looking for to describe where consciousness creates reality, which is sort of like one of the opposite beliefs of the objectivists, which we were talking about in the uh, the last hour. And the word is biocentrism. And I've got uh, the, okay. the book. Uh, there's actually a book about this uh, by Dr. Robert Lanza, and he's written a few articles over at Huffington Post. So maybe I'll share one of those here in a moment. But let's go back to Eva in Minnesota listening to WNMT. Eva, you'd call tonight because you have some concerns about the idea of deporting massive amounts of people or even small amounts of people from uh, the United States, correct? Yes. To deport anyone is unconstitutional regardless. The only reason they use the naturalized American citizen thing is because they would argue, well, they're not American citizens. I personally believe every human being, and it even says this, is that, you know, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, you know, this, this is a human rights issue, not not an immigrant issue. I, I'm not anti-immigrant. I'm anti... I, I'm pro-person. Yeah. And, and I don't... I'm, I'm pro-human being as well, and I have some serious concerns with the fact that you know the government exists because ultimately the fact that there is this thing called the state that people believe in gives right. people the excuse to use violence against other people or the threat of violence against other people. Right. And ultimately, the more power that these po- folks give the state— uh, the more deference that they give it, the more authority that they that they sort of transfer to it in their minds, the more enslaved we will all become. I understand that these people believe 
that by getting rid of immigrants, they're somehow going to protect themselves from violence or that they're going to protect themselves from competition for jobs, for instance. Uh, I think they're going to be very, very sorry because ultimately the violence is going to be visited upon them by the very state that they have empowered ultimately at some point maybe not right away but right. at some point and then ultimately they you know have empowered the state to you know impoverish them basically by right. and restricting immigration which has historically been an economic boon to this country not only that but there's also a call for 5000 more border patrol agents 10000 more ice agents so ICA, much for the hiring immigration freeze and customs enforcement 500 more officers for the air and marine operations at Customs and Border Protection. And also, you know, Trump still wants to build this wall thing. Now, I I heard a story and actually reported on. So if you're listening to the Liberty Radio Network, you would have heard this story in the top of the hour news where the Canadian authorities are actually opening up a center to deal with asylum seekers coming from the United States. In record numbers. In record numbers. Yes, like almost three times as many people sought asylum in January of this year compared to one year ago. Hey, uh, Eva, have you ever read the poem that is inscribed uh, with the Statue of Liberty? Um, I have heard it, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good one. The New Colossus. I'll just share it here for those who who haven't heard it. Uh, they're going to have to scrape this off of there or you know, maybe just burn the whole Statue of Liberty down, melt the whole thing down or something like that. Maybe melt, melt it into a, a Trump statue or something like that. Because, no, don't melt it. It was a gift. Well, it doesn't, it, it doesn't belong anymore. I mean, this poem obviously is not what people well, believe in. Well, the poem... Definitely doesn't fit Trump's America, but, you know, keep the statue. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the mother, excuse me, whose flame is imprisoned lightning and her name mother of exiles from her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that Twin Cities frame. Keep ancient lands, your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Now, isn't that what America was supposed to be? Yes, very much so. You know, I'm the great-granddaughter of a Polish immigrant and so without immigrants i would not be an american citizen i think that's true of all of us i was going to say yeah because ultimately we're from immigrants so i have to be pro-immigrant or i wouldn't be here and i do love america but i hate to see the way it's going i see the federal government getting more and more power when the power of the people was supposed to be greater than the power of the people in power so i guess uh, the last thing i have to say is uh for those people out there who say we want the government to take care of this and we want the government to take care of that be careful what you wish for you just might get it and then some you don't want yep thank you eva for your call tonight i appreciate hearing from you our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE and one thing that a lot of people that say i want the government to provide x don't realize is the government is going to steal your money and then provide you with y 
So they're, like, do they're not they even going to give you what you right. want. They'll just take your money and then give you something. And it's not going to be good yes. most of the time. Uh, As Harry Brown used to say, the government breaks your leg and gives you a crutch and says, aren't you glad we were here to give you a crutch? (laughs) Let's talk to Jim in Atlanta, watching us on our webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. Go ahead, Jim. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, how are y'all doing tonight? Good. What's on your mind tonight, Jim? Um, You know, I was just going to continue my thoughts about the election and Trump. Um, All right. So I'm guessing y'all are pretty anti-Trump, pretty... uh, well, I'm in so, favor of so freedom, so as far as yeah, Trump yeah, is willing to work towards freedom, I'll support him on that. So, you know, if, if his FCC, yeah. for instance, repeals regulations, I'll support that, and we'll, you know, we'll mention it when we hear good news. I'm not going to hold my breath yeah, that they're very, going to do anything to increase freedom, but I'll done welcome much. it yeah. if it does. But if he's rounding people up and, you know, deporting peaceful people who've never harmed another person, then that's, you know, a police state, and I can't support that. So I support Support liberty. All right. I would definitely agree with that. Okay. You know, I think more people need to be a little bit more open-minded about Trump because, I mean, if he does something good, then you gotta you gotta at least celebrate that. You know, a lot of people are very disappointed with the election, but I think that depending or regardless of where you are, you know, on the political spectrum, you gotta be open-minded to the election. So, um, I, I was going to talk about the uh, immigration. Um, well, you can't. You can do that here in a moment. But I mean, as far as the election is concerned. There was no way I could not have been disappointed with the election. I mean, there was no candidate running with any chance oh, of winning. Yeah, of course. Who I, was I agree. who was in favor of freedom? I mean, so you know, Trump versus Hillary. I'd rather see Trump get in just because he's not Hillary. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I voted for him. I didn't vote for him. I voted for Daryl, who's sitting across the table from me here. I'm here. Um, so I uh, I have a little story about immigration that kind of marks a bit of opinion on my uh, on my beliefs, but I, I will say I do agree with you about the election and I feel like, at least from what you said so far, we have very pretty similar beliefs. All right. So, um, I, live, uh, I live in Atlanta now, but um, when I was uh, younger, I lived in South Texas, uh, very close to the border. So, um, immigration was, uh, or illegal immigration uh, was more of a problem that I got to see on daily uh daily side so um i went to a public school in south texas and i uh grew up living around many uh illegal immigrants and how do you know they were illegal immigrants of, it was no it was known uh, by everyone that it, that they were illegal not of course not every single one but again it really was known across the town who was and who wasn't it was a small town um Obviously, not every single person there, but a lot of the Mexican population was illegal, and people did know that. Um, but I will say that um, one of them I became close friends with. Um, I want to hear the rest of the story. Long. Hang on, Jim. We'll bring you back for it here in moments. Growing up with people who are allegedly illegal, I don't really care for the term illegal person. Nor do I. I think that we're all just human beings, and the government would like everything. You know, the government likes to make things illegal, and so it's probably true that all of us are illegals. If it's if one isn't illegal because one has done something illegal, then we're all probably illegals. It's free talk live. If you want to use that definition. Yep. 
Yep, it's Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here toll-free. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Skype username is lrn.fm. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. And, of course, uh, you can always join us online. We've got a whole bunch of features on our website, archives that go back for a decade uh, and more, plus live streaming audio. We've got the Free Talk Live YouTube channel, which has our video feed as it's live. And then, of course, later on, you can go back and watch. If for some reason you want to do that, you can do that anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com. Plus, you can get interactive with the front page of the website by submitting content to the front page. It's a Reddit-based system, so it's free to use. And uh, you can vote up other people's submissions if you like them or vote them down if you don't. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. All right, Jim, uh, in Atlanta, you were telling us a story about where you say you, you grew up in Texas near the border. Uh, you said that kind of everybody knew that there were so-called illegals uh, that were living in the neighborhood there with you. And you were telling us a story you befriended one or please continue. Correct. Yeah, and sorry, I will specify that yes, illegal under the under the law, but the law says it. But I do kind of agree with what you're saying. But anyway, um, so I began uh, to become friends with these people. Um, they they weren't uh, shunned at all. They weren't looked down upon in society, um, which was good. That's probably like because they were good. I'm just going to guess here. That's probably because they were good people who brought value to oh, the community. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Right, well, like course. that's why oh, they yeah. weren't shunned. Oh, yeah. If if they were criminals or bad dastardly uh, types, then they probably would have been shunned, as they should. Of have course, been. yeah. And yeah. I, I also think that America has a very twisted view on that. Which, yeah, thank you for clarifying. They did. They were completely normal people. Uh, at least the same kind of ratio to normal Americans versus criminals that are part of American population. But yeah. Well, well anyway, actually, considering that, ratio. like, one out of four Americans have some kind of uh, criminal record, then, you know, I, I don't think you could say the law-abiding American population. Well, no, but also not the same ratio either. As we were discussing, I think, last night on the show, Daryl, you had pulled yes. up some info, and I pulled up an old story from the American Conservative magazine showing that immigrants are actually less likely than native-born Americans to commit crimes. Correct. But anyway, go ahead with your story. Yeah, so um, I became friends with one. Uh, I'm not going to say its name, although it doesn't okay. really matter. But um, we became friends. We hung out a lot. Uh, we were, uh, let's see, I think we were seniors in high school. And um, we, uh, I'm actually homosexual, I will say. And uh, we started to form a uh, homosexual relationship. Okay. And uh, everything was going great. And we didn't really want to, we didn't really want to tell anyone because, I don't know, back in that time it was a little bit, Weird to be homosexual, I guess. At least I suspect that, that so, uh, you know, just my, I'm just guessing here. I suspect that it would be difficult for your typical American youth to come out in certain cultures, like maybe the kind of culture that might live in the South. Um, and then also, exactly. you've got yeah, Mex- uh, a lot of uh, Mexican folks. I'm presuming he was from Mexico. Very but, Catholic. Uh, very right, Catholics. Catholic, so I'm sure they're also right. just as, uh, let's say, bigoted towards, uh, you know, towards homosexuality. Just a speculation on my it, part. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much completely true. Um, and so <clears throat> we tried to go about our um, our relationship, um, and we were very happy, even though we couldn't really tell a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what ended up happening is we both graduated, and I was going to go to community college, and um, my boyfriend was going to work with his family. And what, what ended up happening was a little in- incident that uh, triggered something was, 
that um we were hanging out and um I was not really under the impression that we were going to have sex, but what ended up happening is he ended up violently raping me and this resulted in me having to come out as gay and telling the pretty much the entire town figured out about it and he ended up getting arrested and it was a big mess and it was very very violent rape I, you know obviously that uh i don't know what you just said there but i think it was something that might have been graphic and you probably shouldn't do that um but how is it that this person who you had a presumably loving relationship with uh, turned out to be a violent rapist of you? What was what was it that happened there? I mean, obviously you brought this up, so yeah. you're willing to talk about it to some extent yeah, without I, getting graphic. Yeah, I, I am. I am. Um, so I think the thing was, uh, of course, everyone says they have a good relationship, and there are some underlying things that are like kind of damaging to the relationship. So. Uh, of course, our relationship wasn't perfect, and mm-hmm. what ended up happening was he kept kind of pressuring for us to have sex, and I didn't really want to. I see. And so it, it got to the point where there were certain situations where there was a lot of gray line. Of course, there is that with sexual uh, activity, and uh, it was it was kind of a gray line, I will say. Um, I will say we were both intoxicated, uh, and okay. we both have... Not that that excuse. Had, uh, not that that excuses it. Back. I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, the intoxication excuses oh, of course, it. But, of course, of course. But it is. You know, it does to some extent explain why someone's behavior would change uh, from from what course, a, a yeah. normal is. So, what was the rest of the story? So he committed this act on you, so, and then it it came out. So yeah. Um. So we. I came out, and um, my family wasn't really surprised. I guess. Um. His family was not happy, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start with my family. Um. They weren't surprised. They weren't very, um, although they were, they were very conservative. Um, they were not very Christian background, and they were they were relatively supporting of me. But what ended up happening was with um, my boyfriend's family is that he ended up getting kicked out of his house actually. And since there was a lot of tension between us, I didn't really have still need to support him at all. But I ended up uh, not doing anything to help him. So he ended up going back to Mexico. Okay. All right. So, um, I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, obviously, yeah, it was it was a know, weird thing. Uh, yeah, obviously, nobody's perfect. People uh, make mistakes in the heat of passion. I'm not uh, making an excuse for uh, for that behavior at all. But that's a real crime that he committed against you and that, you know, real crimes, regardless of who they're committed by, whether they're immigrants or, or not, uh, should probably be, you know, right. The, the fact that he was an immigrant has nothing, nothing to, to do with this do with what he did or that you had a relationship with him. Yeah, I will. I'll, I will read that. Now I will say one um, thing I forgot to mention was that actually before he, uh, went back and after we had uh, broken our, our ties, actually raped him back. All right. Now I don't believe the story. Thanks for the call tonight. Toll free number 855-450-FREE. I think he said something in there about a butthole, and I think that was supposed to be some sort of punchline, but I talked over it accidentally, and I don't. now I don't believe it at all. Yeah. So uh, toll free number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. 
But, you know, up until that point, you know, it was a pretty good telling. It was plausible sounding in the beginning. Yeah. But no, that was a fake call, I think. Yeah. You can tell me how you feel about it if you want. Toll free number here, 855-450-FREE. You can also take control of the airwaves. I'm super confused by that call. Just, what, else, what do you say it's about like it? It's like Inception. I, mean, it's, it's, I don't think it was troll. real. Yeah, it's just a troll. Toll free number here, 855-450-FREE. Maybe your story's true. And that's the thing. You never really know on talk radio now, do you? It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live, and of course, you can bring up anything you want. Just dial on in toll-free here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. As we continue, we'll take your calls and thoughts about whatever you want. Plus, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you should shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and enter the Amazon links you'll find there. There's Amazon US, UK, and Canada you just go shopping at the Amazon that's right for you, and Free Talk Live will get a cut of the purchase price when you do that. So go to shop.freetalklive.com, shop.freetalklive.com. As we go back to your calls and thoughts, let's talk to Josh in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Josh. Hello there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I was just uh, calling, in, and I've been on the phone for a while, so I've been listening in. And that guy, Jim, from, I don't know, I can't remember where it was from. But his story, um, I do agree that it was very, like, I, I consider it offensive to homosexuals and illegals on, like, many different levels. Do, do y'all find it the same way? I just think he was a troll. I mean, I don't know if it was particularly offensive or anything like that. He was just making up a story so he could tell a fake story. And I don't know if it was supposed to get a reaction out of people or something, but I don't know if it had its intended effect. All right. So here's the real question. What do y'all think about my good buddy, Adam Kokesh? Adam Kokesh. I like Adam. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Adam Kokesh. Oh, I don't think about him much, but I, I mean, if asked to think about Adam, I would say, I like Adam. I mean, I'm i am not in a relationship with Adam, so I imagine our uh, <laughs> life would be a little bit different if, if I were. Um, I mean, there's there's been some things that some people who've worked with him have said that, you know, they haven't worked out really well. Like, you know, it was hard to, uh, a hard guy to work for, basically. And but, it's more than just one or two people. Yeah. It's a bunch of people. Um, but, you know, ultimately... He was in the military, and there's a certain kind of uh, mindset that I think that 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 role attracts, and he probably had a military family, and yeah, I mean, everybody has their issues. I think that a lot of people's problems are forgivable, 
And ultimately, I, I love Adam. I, I appreciate the work that, that he's done for Liberty. He's done a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, some of his videos that he's made are just absolutely outstanding. And unlike some people who have been uh, sort of a libertarian media, he has not lost sight of his principles, unlike, let's say, folks like Stefan Molyneux, who right. used to have principles and then completely abandoned them in favor of uh, Donald Trump. Josh, thanks for your call tonight. I appreciate it. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Let's talk to Vernon in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vernon. So for your longtime listeners, uh, they're, from, they're, they're from probably familiar with the uh, Shrine of Female listeners. I was just curious, one, what happened to that, and two, if you still prioritize female callers before the male? Thank you. Uh, no, we don't uh, anymore. anymore. Thank you for the call tonight. The uh, Shrine of Female listeners does harken back to many years ago on Free Talk Live. It was an idea that I borrowed from the Phil Hendry show, and uh, we implemented it here on Free Talk Live. The idea being, hey, look, there's women that listen to talk radio. Here they are. And we actually started doing this when we were a local talk show. We continued doing it for a few years into maybe several years. I don't I don't really remember I, when I it stopped. I think it officially stopped being a thing in Probably like, like five 2013, years ago. 2014. Sounds it wasn't bad. that long ago, but it's been a okay. few years. Yeah, it seems like it's been a few to several years to me. But basically, it was just not really being that popular anymore and i had enough things on my plate to deal with and so i just decided to retire that uh that portion of the website given that i pretty much am you know the person who adds and removes content to the website's one of my many duties here behind the scenes and ultimately we have more female callers than previously and so there isn't the preference given uh anymore at this point so we'll take whatever calls come in based on who's on topic based on who you know, sounds the most interesting, and based on who is not a chronic caller. So chronic calls generally get placed at the back of the line, so you have to be patient if you are a regular caller to the show. But if you're not a regular caller, then you'll get preference. So I hope that explains the current rules for calling Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. In fact, we made Melanie hang on through all of that, uh, or at least through half of it. Go ahead, Melanie. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how y'all? And she's a co-host, too. Go ahead, Melanie. Good. Yeah, I am. So I was on Facebook, um, even though you hate that website, and I saw a really interesting contest that the city of Manchester is having. A contest. I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. Mostly I hate that I love it so much. Anyway, go ahead with the uh, the contest. Well, it's a useful source of news to some extent. It can so the be. The city of Manchester... The city of Manchester is having a contest for flag design, and anyone can submit a flag design to the city of Manchester, (laughs) and then they will narrow it down to three, and then they will be voted on in November. So, question, question, uh, as an amateur vexillologist, and- What is that, a flag designer? Not flag designer, someone that uh, likes studying the history of flags and like the concepts behind the design. Vexillologist. Yes. That's an huh. actual word. I did not make it up. I didn't think you did. I mean, that's just, that's just a new one to me. That's okay. Right. Do they have any criteria for the flag? Hmm. Uh, yes, but it's not the criteria that would um, prohibit anyone from trolling them. The criteria is it has to be three by five. Or a 300 by 500 JPEG. Okay, so they're requiring that it be a rectangular flag. 
Uh, yes. um, which already have- throws out a couple ideas uh, because I, I um, like it- the obscure flag. So Ohio has what they call a dovetail flag to where it's not rectangular. Yeah. It's this weird sort of angular shape with a little indent huh. in it. So, okay. you know, like imagine a triangle, but with the end of the triangle cut off and sort of inverted and that cut out too. Is it the one where there's like the two little flippy things on the end of it? Yeah. Okay. It's called a yeah. dovetail. Okay. And then the country of Nepal has a flag that's two triangles that are stacked on top of one another. All right. So those are out. So those designs are out. No, okay. it can't be a square. So that that's also thrown okay, out. Okay, but now, uh, now who's narrowing it down? Is it the city council? Is it like some sort of flag committee? Who is it that's um, taking? It, it says a commit or council of three or the committee who is a judging panel of three judges. Um, we're going to narrow it down to three, but yes, yeah, so it has to be the rectangular shape. It, it can't have gradient color, can't be two sides, and it can't violate IP. Okay, so two sides, uh, two sides, two sides. You can't put Mickey like Mouse the, on it. No, like the Oregon flag, to where one side they have the state seal and the other side is just a beaver. <laughs> The uh, flag of the former Soviet Union, uh, the USSR, the one side had the hammer and sickle. The other side was just a red banner with nothing on it. So we can't do that. We, we we can't have a, a two-sided flag. I love that we've tapped into another area of one of Daryl's like ma- uh, databases. Like Daryl has so much information packed in his brain about very specific topics, election law, third-party politics, and now vexillology. Yes. Uh, so, Melanie, I mean, is this even worth your time? If you don't have the ability to actually troll the vote itself, and it doesn't sound like you do because the people who are in charge of this thing are going to whittle out, whittle down to three options, and they're, of course, not going to pick any troll options, so you can't force them to. Well, but they'll have to still look at the design. Okay. That's not necessarily true, but, yeah, you can, you can flood City Hall with, I mean, I'm thinking there's, kind of and you can submit multiple entries you can enter as many times as you want i'm thinking you can do two of one one of two main things or both and well now are they at the very least going to display all of the entries or will they only display the three finalists for people to see because if the only people who see it are the people who choose the three finalists then I would say you're wasting your time on uh, on this. But if you want to continue, stand by. We'll uh, we'll do that here. The toll-free number. Maybe we can find the official rules. 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. If you were entering, what would you submit? It's Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. You can join us right here in these remaining moments. We have enough time for you. You can dial in now. 855-450 free or Skype into the show at Skype username lrn.fm. Uh, so we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts here. Talking about vexillology, a word that I had never heard before tonight. Um, and now I've seen it a second time because we went to the uh, Manchester, let's see, there's a Manchester, New Hampshire. MHTflag.com. Yeah, and over on ManchesterInklink.com, they are talking about it, and they actually have the definition of vexillology, V-E-X-I-L-L-O-L-O-G-Y, the scientific study of the history, symbolism, and usage of flags, or by extension, 
any interest in flags in general. And Melanie's with us, our Monday night co-host. She called in uh, on the phones to talk about this. Melanie, how did you come across this news about this flag contest? Facebook. Oh, right. That's right. You mentioned at the beginning of the call. And then when I was trying to find this, I saw a story from WMUR. So this is something that apparently they started working on in like August of last year and are finally moving forward on. They're going to be putting a non-binding referendum on the November election ballot where city residents will select the winning flag, uh, which they will choose from three design finalists. The design finalists will be determined by an independent panel, they say, of seven judges consisting of representatives from the city government, city schools, and four sponsoring institutions. So basically, there's pretty much zero chance any kind of troll entry is going to get through the panel of government uh, flackies. Well, it depends on how good you are. And I'm looking at the list of judges. Only two of them are really government agents. One is a high school student. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I do kind of think it would be kind of funny to just send either a bunch of kind of anarchist, voluntarist flags to the government or send flags that honestly represent what a government is. Or if you thought you could, you know, would be good at this, you could kind of put a hidden symbol, you know, a (laughs) hidden anarchy symbol or something somewhere in there. There's a lot of things I feel like, and it's not like it takes that much time. You don't have to paint. You know, a Michelangelo level painting. Sure, that's true. Yeah, I mean, graphically talented people could easily hammer out some submissions. I guess you're right about that. I mean, just if you if what your idea is is to just put so many different entries in that there's you feel like there's a chance one of them will be chosen as a finalist. I suppose that could possibly work. Right. I don't know. I don't know that they would necessarily end up on the ballot. I just think it would be funny to do. I honestly don't know why they thought this would be a good idea. It just sounds like a horrible idea from the start. It is something that will get people thinking about, you know, civic engagement. They want people to love their city of Manchester. And that's kind of what this, in my opinion, is about. It's about promoting the city and promoting the idea that, you know, you're part of the government. You can choose our flag. Well, right. And just from that perspective, I think it's worthwhile to kind of make that backfire to some extent, even if it's not backfiring on the people who it is going to work on. And I'm not suggesting anybody go spend hours and hours and hours on this. Just, you know, put out a design or two, you know, a few, you know, draw a little three by five thing or put together the PDF if you can do that or JPEG, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, you know. Spend you know five minutes on it. I'm not suggesting anybody spend like three days on this or anything like that. That that I think would be a waste of time. Preference will be given to Manchester residents. Entries that do not follow the guidelines will not be considered. Once submitted, all entries become the property of the city of Manchester, and the designer relinquishes all rights to the design. The city reserves the right to alter, modify, or combine designs to create an official city of Manchester flag. Entries will not be accepted if they use the following gradient color two size designs that are plagiarized or are not completely original artwork. Uh, and no member of the committee or judging panel can submit a design to the contest. Well, would you do this for us, Melanie, and kind of follow this along? And you know, since you've called in about it once, call in with uh, with an update or update us, you know, as uh, as you go on on Monday nights with us about the the status yeah, of this. Because if if they actually post all of the designs, that would be fun. If they right. Yeah, they're not. And it would also be fun to then ask for, hey, can we see what designs are being submitted? 
kind of maybe somebody with not as big a name as, I mean, even if they Googled me, they'd know who I was. Not that I'm that famous, but, you know, if you no. requested it, maybe that might not work. But somebody kind of obscure, like, hey, can I see all the designs and see if they'll see what they do, publish them or not. Maybe a pair of handcuffs on a, like a dark flag background or something like that. A police truncheon yeah, breaking over someone's head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I, 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 a bear cat. I, yeah, I definitely appreciate <laughs> it. It reminds me, of the uh, back when the bear cat was being proposed here in Keene, this is the armored tank that the, the police department... The ballistic engineered armored response counterattack truck. Yeah, I remember uh, the school newspaper here, the, there's a college in town called the Keene State College, and the school newspaper is the Equinox, and they actually had like custom artwork that one of their artists did of the Bearcat busting through the page of the newspaper. And I think that might nice. be, make a cool flag where the Bearcat is just busting <laughs> through the fabric of, uh, of the flag. Hey, yeah, definitely keep us in the loop on this, Melanie. It sounds like it could be fun depending on how they run this thing. So thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, so let's continue here. Jose is in Mexico on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jose. Yes, hola. hola. How are you? This, this... Oh, sorry. Muy bien, Jose. Go ahead. Hello, gracias. Uh, I was just calling in to talk about uh, Trump's immigration policy. Uh, because <laughs> you're sounding your 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 accent is breaking into a uh, kind of kind of a Middle Eastern sound there, Jose. Uh, but you're welcome to you know continue with your topic. Sir, please don't uh, please don't don't make fun of my accent. I uh, <laughs> I am living in Mexico. And uh-huh. And uh, my family lives in uh, the United States. They live in uh, they live in San Antonio. It's been very hard for my family because I was deported uh, three years ago. I I was working in a, a restaurant, uh, washing the dishes, lavarse los platos. He knows enough Spanish to uh, to pepper it in here. Hold on, uh, what what splat? Plat- platos. Oh, the platos. place. Me lavo los platos. Si, si. Y, and I, uh, my family, they live in, they live in San Antonio. Uh, I was what part of San Antonio? Uh, the, I was in, I was working in a small part of the Riverwalk and uh, the, the back of the restaurant in the bar. Well, which restaurant on the Riverwalk? It was the Dick's Last Resort. Okay. All right, so he knows San Antonio. All right. Go ahead. You got deported. What happened? Why did you get deported? Go ahead. Because the uh, dishes I, broke. I came in. I had a, the reporting that uh, they hired illegals, and they came in. They they round us up. You look it on Google. Uh, my picture on Google porque they have a they have a, my picture. Uh, the ICE agency and they they sent me back to Monterrey. Uh, they threw me off in Monterrey, and I don't see my family. For uh, three, three, uh, three years, three years, and it's been it's been very hard for me. And mm-hmm. I want Trump to. I don't want him to build a wall because I can't get back to my family, and it it's been very hard for me. 
All right. Well, if it, you know, I I don't know if your call is legit because we've had some trolls calling in tonight. If it is legit, then I apologize uh, for doubting you. But you did sound kind of uh, more Middle Eastern than uh, than than uh, Hispanic there. Uh, obviously, it, I, okay, I agree with okay. you. I I don't think that uh, people who are peaceful should be thrown out. Uh, people who are you know hardworking folks should be thrown out of the United States. So you know you certainly have my empathy. Um, I you know I don't know what else I can tell you about it though. No, sir. I, I just want to say that that's what I hope for the Peace America. I, I hope that. And also, I just want to say shout out to maybe if my family is listening. I tell them I call in. Maybe they're listening. Uh, oh, we, Jim, fuck you. We don't because- do shout outs. And I told you we had to hit the dump button on him. So, I, yeah, I called that one, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> Let's talk to Joe in Powell, Ohio. But, you know, peppering in the Spanish was, was good. You know, that. Made it sound like he was less likely to be a bigot. Go ahead, uh, Joe. You're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey. So I'd just like to comment on Milo uh, getting all the um, heat for his past pedophile remarks now. Yeah, this is an interesting discussion. Unfortunately, we don't really have enough time for it uh, tonight. So here's what I'd recommend you do, Joey. Of course, our live seven nights a week. And I guess the headline right now is that Milo Yiannopoulos has resigned from Breitbart. Uh, he's been kicked out of the CPAC event, and his book deal has been canceled by its publisher all over these alleged pedophile comments. But we don't have enough time to really get into what those comments were or even talk about it. So call tomorrow night, Joe, and we can you know discuss whatever that is at that time. And I don't even know if he's going to an Acapulco. Uh, we had heard that... He was one of the speakers, but I also heard recently that they took him off the website. And I don't, I'm trying to take a look right now. Yeah, I don't know if they took him off before or after this most recent controversy. Who knows? So maybe we won't have him on from Anarchapulco. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. Your amp will directly change more lives by getting Free Talk Live in front of people looking for talk radio online and on the air. You can help by joining the AMP program for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com and getting perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 